Amen. I want to start with a testimony from one of the thousands of powerful, anointed, full-time marketplace ministers that we have in Church Unlimited. So it's an inspiring story. A few weeks ago, a workmate of mine was telling me he had a sore back. I prayed for him. Well, that's an act of faith right there, isn't there? And God healed him instantly. Wouldn't you like to see that happen a lot? The following week, he took me to pray for his wife's shoulder and elbow. Now, I think this is a Sikh family. And so I prayed for her, and God also healed her. It's two healings. Three days later, they asked me to pray for their daughter's mother-in-law. Prayed for her, and she was healed. Healing number three. This week, a truck driver came into work and was telling my workmate how he got healed from a sore back. So he told him his testimony, and he sent him to me for prayer, the fourth person, and I prayed for him, and God healed him instantly. Four (laughs) prayers answered, four healings by one of our many powerful, anointed, full-time ministers of the gospel in the marketplace. We've been preaching this for a long time, but some people are starting to get it. And they're starting to think, man, I've got as much anointing as as that preacher up there on Sunday. In fact, I've got more than him. And they're going for it. (coughs) Dare to believe it, church. Dare, if you're listening on, watching on TV, dare to believe you carry such a powerful anointing to see God do miracles through you and advance His kingdom in the workplace or in your street or in your home or wherever you might be. So not long ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, if you've heard me talk about that He's the God of miracles, and He wants to take miracles to another level in our church. And testimonies like the one I share are coming in, you'll hear a few more today. But in the Bible, as you read through the Scriptures, miracles are the norm. It's, uh, it's, it's, they're not the exception. And tragically, we have accepted a gospel with limited miraculous power. And it's almost like we've given ground to the enemy. And, uh, but but, but we've got to take back this ground uh, because miracles are the domain of Christianity. Miracles are the heartbeat of the church. Uh, miracles are our zone. Miracles are where we operate best or where God wants us to operate best. The signature of Jesus is miracles. He went around doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil and setting people free and releasing them. He is a God of miracles. If you need a miracle in your life, listen up. Receive faith because God's got a miracle waiting for you. It's not far away. Don't be disheartened. Don't be discouraged. Don't don't put, I'll get to it shortly, but God can do all the miracles, whatever you need. A day without a miracle is a boring day. Would you say that with me, please? A day without a miracle is a boring day. I declare over your life and mine, no more boring days. We want a Christianity that is so exciting, so powerful, so dramatically life-changing that the world loses all of its appeal and we run after God with passion and fire. That's the kind of Christianity I'm interested in and I'm sure you are as well. So I'm going to share with you five keys to seeing a miracle. And I want you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and try and discover which point is for you. You see, there's many keys to miracles And maybe I'm going to share one, and you thought, man, that's the one I need to push in on, because there is a miracle waiting for you. So please don't listen for a great message and great points. Listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit, because in God's Word is the power to bring breakthrough. 
See, the voice of God, you know, you can hope and think and push and pray and all the rest of it. But when you have a voice, the word of God, then faith comes by hearing. And that's what releases a miracle. So listen carefully and say, Holy Spirit, I'm tuning in. What is the key to my miracle? The first thing we need to do is take all limits off God. Psalm 78, 41. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. In our hearts, I've discovered my heart too, we so easily limit God. We just put all these restrictions on them, maybe from our history, our background, our upbringing, whatever it might be, but we keep putting these limits on God. And you hear about some miracles, yeah, well, yeah, of course that happens in Africa. Yeah, that happens in China and India, but it doesn't happen here. Friends, I believe that the God of Africa is the God of New Zealand. I believe it's the same God. I believe the same power is available wherever God's people are. The people in Africa do not have more Holy Spirit power than us. They have the same Holy Spirit. They have the same Jesus. We're all in the same domain. So we can all expect the impossible to happen uh, right in our own lives. You know, one reason we don't see extraordinary miracles is because we assume they won't happen. We just, you know, they're just, well, that's in the too hard basket. So we don't expect it to happen. God wants us to change our thinking. We need to break the shackles off our minds that limit God's power working in our lives, our families, our circumstances. If our prayers do not intimidate us, they're too small. You should pray a prayer and get frightened. Oh, wow, what was that I prayed for? You know, it should scare us because that's honors God. God loves big prayers because he is a very big God. When our faith is too small, it limits God. Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, be it to you. So there's a boy who has no fingers on one hand, literally five stubs. Pretty awful, really, if you think about it. And so he goes to a healing meeting, and the first act of faith, I believe, is that the, someone actually prays for the guy. Now, if it was me, and there was a prayer line, a healing line, and I was walking down the line, and I see in my corner's eye, there's a guy down there with uh, no fingers. I would pretend I didn't see him, and I'd go in the other direction and find someone that's just got a headache. Because you, you put it in the too hard basket. You think, this is not going to happen. So I think the fact that they prayed for him was amazing. So he was prayed for. Then he turned and he walked away. As he was walking away, they heard pop. Another pop. Another pop. Another pop. And another pop. And this boy has got five brand new fingers. We serve an amazing God. We serve an incredible God. We serve an awesome God. Now, in our service, second service as well, Alicia was singing, all right? And so some of you don't know Alicia. She was here about a month ago, very pregnant indeed. And uh, I was thinking, man, that, that baby doesn't come on the platform. It's looked pretty close. Anyway, uh, so anyway, she's, she's, she's delivered her baby, and she's up on there. And I looked, and I thought, man, she won. Oh, she looks amazing and uh, compared to a few months ago anyway. So, <laughs> so and I was just thinking about this, and I thought, that baby, like, how does this happen? Like, how do bones grow from nothing? Can someone tell me that? You know, how does, how do, you know, and that baby is born, and in most cases, by the grace of God, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> who's had plenty of hair? Yeah, we didn't have that much success with hair, but anyway. Um, um, and, and, you know, it's got feet, and it's got ears and eyes, and ten fingers. How many of you reckon a baby created and born is a miracle? It's amazing musical, okay? Think about God, there's billions of parts, and God just like that does it. So then, five fingers? 
piece of cake. How easy is that if you put it all in perspective? Listen to this. With God, there's no, wow, that's a hard miracle. Oh, that's an easy one. Everything's easy for God. Everything's easy for God. He threw the world into place, the galaxies into being, billions of stars. He created all of you. That's a miracle in itself. There's no, there's no hard and easy miracles. That's our mindset of limiting the Holy One of God. We've got to break that shackle off us and say, God, it's all on. Let's go. We're ready to see the amazing and the extraordinary. You know, I've read of stories where they all gather to pray for rain, and no one brings an umbrella except one person, and the rest of them all get wet. No faith. No faith. I've heard of women buy a wedding dress in faith. Now, there's a suggestion for some of you. I guarantee there's women here who have bought, before they got married, bought a wedding dress in faith. I know of a person who actually did that, and God came through. I think they're happily married. I'm not sure about that part. (laughs) Okay, point number two. Exercise your authority in God. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God has given you authority. Some of you listen to that and say, well, it doesn't work for me. You take your pastor, you say, I've got authority over all these things. Well, I'm not seeing the results that I should be seeing. Well, there could be a number of reasons for this, but can I just suggest one thing to think about? Don't give your authority away. You say, well, how do you do that? You can't live in compromise and disobedience and then expect to walk in authority and in victory. Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. Don't give him access. Don't give him your authority. We can't be dishonest with finances and walk in victory. If we don't pay all our taxes, if we cheat the social welfare, you might say, well, I don't cheat them as much as anyone else. I just partially cheat. No, no, no. Cheat is cheat. Adrian and I were talking about something yesterday, and I said, well, well, I'm not as bad as that other person. I won't mention who that was. Um, and she says, oh, so you sin, but not as much as others. <laughs> I thought, oh, dear, she got me there. Uh, doesn't matter, it wasn't anything bad, all right, okay. But, you, can't, you know, you, know you, cheat, you, you tell lies. You, you take sick leave when you're not sick. You're only, a bit t- you're only tired. Well, I deserve it. Fine, give your authority away. Are you hearing me? Taking extended lunch breaks when you're not meant to. Living in immorality. Sex outside of marriage. It's not right. You give your authority away, then you wonder why I'm not seeing the miracles I should be seeing. It's gone very quiet in this place, but I'm going to keep going anyway. <laughs> Youngie Cho tells of this woman, paralyzed. And she just could not get the victory. Now, he has a massive healing ministry. This is a number of years ago. So they were crying out to God. Nothing would happen. Then God gave him a word of knowledge. And he said to her, oh, do you have any unforgiveness in your life? And it got revealed that she had unforgiveness towards her, her mother-in-law and a number of other family members. So Youngie Cho challenged her. And he said, well, are you willing to you know, forgive 
um, these people. And so he led her in a prayer. And as she prayed the prayer of forgiveness, the paralysis left her and she was totally healed. Yo then, Yongi Cho then fell on his knees and he just began to think of everyone he could think of, any relationship that wasn't a hundred He said, God, I forgive them, I forgive them. He didn't want to give the devil any access into his life. And you know, maybe you, you have unforgiveness in your life. Well, you may need help to deal with it because I'm not saying it's a magic formula, you can just suddenly do it. It does start with a decision. But if you need help, get that help, but deal with it. Forgive those people or that person and don't give your authority away and let God work miracles in your life. All right. A day without a miracle is a? All right. So here's a third point. So maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, hey, you've got to take the limits off God. Or maybe he's saying to you, hey, get your authority back. Put some things in your life right. Maybe that's God's voice to you today. Or it may be a third one, prayer and fasting. Why do I say that? Because Mark 9, 29 says, so he said to them, this kind cannot come out. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. What does that mean? Listen carefully. What that means is there's some miracles require prayer and fasting. Some miracles, nothing else is going to work. This kind, certain kind, only, and you say, well, I'm not a prayer and fasting type. Well, live with your struggle. You may have to live with it. Prayer and fasting. Of course, if you've got medical issues, you can't pray and fast. God understands that sort of stuff. But it is such an important key. Our church in Limited is built on a foundation of prayer and fasting. It's one reason why you see such blessing and open doors in the nation and nation. You know, because when you pray and fast, you move, it takes you beyond the natural to the supernatural realm where nothing is impossible. And I would suggest to you and challenge you, if you would add prayer and fasting into your weekly disciplines, it will transform your life. You will see breakthrough after breakthrough. You'll see God do amazing and extraordinary things. I see God do things, you know, good things most weeks. I see, you know, something happen that's beyond the natural and the supernatural. Not massive miracles, but something awesome. And one of the reasons for 30 years, I mean, fasting every week for, for on Thursdays. If, and sometimes three-day fast, 10-day fast. You know the story, what we do here. But it's, it's released me into a realm that I could never live in without, if I didn't do prayer and fasting. If you want to jumpstart your walk with God, if you want to see miracles, if you want to see power of God, if you want to see encounters with God, I want to suggest add prayer and fasting as one of your disciplines. It's right throughout the Bible. There's so much about prayer and fast. Most Bible champions knew how to pray and fast. You know, Moses and Jeremiah and David and Daniel and Paul and Jesus, one end to the other. Thank you for that big clap and shout. But if you need a miracle... Can I suggest, don't wait for the church to call for prayer and fasting. You need a miracle. You call your own prayer and fasting. <laughs> I've done that so many times in my life. You know, my dad got saved because of prayer and fasting. And he may never have got saved if I hadn't, because that was the key. And that, that was the key to that miracle. I could have prayed till the cows came home. Not that we have any cows or anything like that, but <laughs> till they came home. But it needed prayer and fasting. Some things, only prayer and fasting is going to win the victory through for you. So listen for the voice of God and see if you're speaking to you. Here's another testimony came from our church. My husband was made redundant over a month ago. And that was a real stressful for this people. They, they, they're not accustomed to this kind of thing happening. 
So quite worried about it. So we asked for prayers from our church, Church Unlimited. And then our life group, every meeting, prayed for a miracle for the right job to come soon. Can I just suggest, join a small group? Do you know why? Because when you have a need, there's going to be a group of people that already love you. Faith works by love. Have you got that? Faith works by love. When you love someone and you pray for them, there's more chance that a miracle is going to take place. That's the way it works. When your faith works through love. And so when you're being in a small group, you've got these five, six, ten people who love you. Well, hopefully they do. But anyway, who are meant to love you. And they start praying, and then they're praying every week. So now you're not praying on your own. You've got a prayer warrior team all praying for your miracle. You've got to believe God's going to do something. Don't try and do this Christianity on your own. We are interdependent. We need other people. Even some people we don't like, we need them. You know, it's, we're interdependent, and that's the way it, this whole thing works. So can I encourage you, join a small group and be blessed and see a miracle that you may not otherwise see in your life. Anyway, the story continues. I also did prayer and fasting, for I know this is very powerful. This, this is some person, I want to meet this person, <clears throat> into prayer and fasting, so they did that as well. And then on Sunday was our, the hour of power. And my first time attending a person that never came to an hour of power, well, you're missing something there. But anyway, good for them. They said, we came because we missed the morning service and we can't miss church on a Sunday. Isn't that good, eh? So here's a person saying, no, okay, there's another thing that she put into place, not, in, not only in a small group, not only prayer and fasting, but in church every Sunday. That positions you for miracles, believe me. So she missed Sunday morning, so she came at Sunday night, which happened to be an hour of power. And she found out the morning, morning message was about faith and miracles. So she thought, this is not by chance that I'm at this uh, hour of power meeting. And then she said, uh, this is funny. She said, when Pastor Tark began declaring, I will receive my miracles this week, I just copied him. I said it over and over again. You know, some people do what I say. <laughs> not like most of you. They, they follow me. They don't say, what an idiot. What's he shouting that for? He shouted it so many times. Why does he have to keep shouting? No, no, she thought, no, I'm going to copy this man. I'm going to follow what's being said because those meetings are often very prophetic. God tells us what to do, not all the time, but generally he guides us. Sometimes we'll declare, sometimes we won't. This time we'll declare. She just copied it. And she, said, she just kept saying over and over again, um, I will receive my miracle this week. Then it gets even more funny. She said, then he came down off the stage, and he walked right past me, and he, he said, and he shouted, unbelief going, gave me such a fright. <laughs> don't be too close to the front when these Arab powers are happening. You guys know what I'm talking about, don't you? It can get a, we can get a little bit excited at times. We should be more subdued in church, but I'm trying without success. Anyway, so she said that. And when I said unbelief, go. She said, I knew it was for me, so I asked for forgiveness for all my unbelief or any unbelief that I had. This is a person following a meeting very carefully. Monday, next day, my husband gets a call for an interview for Wednesday morning. Before the end of the day, he had the job. Wow. <laughs> Extraordinary, isn't it? What did she do? She prayed and fasted. She was in a small group, had them praying for her. She was in church every Sunday. You know, she, she um, 
reached out to God in that um, hour of power service, and God worked a miracle. She said, God left us astounded, and he even gave us a bonus of the new work being five minutes from our place. What an awesome God we serve. A day without a miracle is a, come on, next week, expect a miracle of some description. When I say miracle, something supernatural, something you know that's just a God thing. Just expect it. And once you start seeing it, you'll see it again and again. All right. Maybe that's the key for you, is the whole area of prayer and fasting. But the fourth key is swing again. Swing again. So of the prayers you do not pray, 100% of them will not be answered. Some of you will get that on the way home. What I'm saying is if you don't pray it, God's not going to do anything. Sometimes we don't give God a chance. There are challenges that you are facing right now that I can guarantee you have not prayed about. You might say, yeah, I have, I've prayed, I've prayed, but there will be some, because I'm guilty too. There's some you actually haven't prayed about. That's why James chapter 4, verse 2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. The question asked there is, why is that verse in the Bible? It's in the Bible because so often we just do not ask. We assume we've asked, but sometimes we just have not asked. And then you wonder why the jolly thing keeps on going. Yeah, we've asked all these other areas, but there are some areas that we, we fail to ask God. And so we need to cry out to him. We need to ask all the time, you know, for, for the answer. So, you know, this verse is not there, as I said, by chance. And so we've got to give God a chance. Imagine a, a major league baseball player refusing to get in the batter's box because he doesn't get a hit every time he swings. In fact, I think the strike rate of some of the best guys are only about, about 0.3 or somewhere around there. It's, it's very limited. And uh, we can be like that in prayer. We let a few strikeouts stop us swinging. So because the answer didn't come, we stopped swinging. And you know, my, uh, my, batting, my prayer batting average is, is no better than most other people or many other people. Do you know, I, I swing in prayer every day, many, many times, and miss. I miss. I might swing 100 times in a day in prayer, and 99 of them miss. That doesn't stop me praying. That doesn't stop me swinging. Because I made a decision, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging. We are a swinging church. This is a swinging church, man. I'm telling you, we swing and we keep on swinging. And when you swing like we sing, you see the most amazing, the most incredible answers. No matter how many times you strike out, no matter how many times you've prayed and it's not been answered, faith keeps swinging. To keep praying when there's not an answer is an exercise of great faith. Keep swinging. Come on, say it with me. Keep swinging. Persistent prayer gets the attention of heaven. God loves it. He admires it. He's thrilled with persistent prayer. God loves swingers. And I'm a swinger. I trust you'll be a swinger too. Mark Batterson in his book shares how he suffered from severe asthma since a child. Needed an needs an inhaler every day. Ended up in hospital many times, but he never, ever stopped praying. He just kept swinging. One day while preaching on moving mountains, he challenged his congregation to pray their bravest prayer ever. It's a good thought, eh? Pray your bravest prayer. He defined brave prayer as a prayer that's been, that is for something impossible. Come on, church. That impossible thing, it just seems it can't be. Friends, it can be. It can be. Not because of me, but because of the God that we serve. 
I guarantee the miracle you need is not bigger than some of the miracles that, you know, is, it bigger, is your miracle you need bigger than making the sun stand still? Huh? No. Is it bigger than parting the Red Sea? I, don't, I wouldn't think so. So your miracle is whatever it is, no matter how big it is. And remember, with God, there's no big and small miracle anyway. It's all, all the same to God. So anyway, he said, pray, you pray this prayer. He said, for something impossible, even something that you've prayed for over and over again and never seen shift. Is that you? Prayed so many times, it's just not shifted. You've despaired. You've actually stopped praying. You've given up maybe. Or you pray occasionally. As he said this, he heard a whisper of the Spirit. Pray for your asthma. So, he did a prayer that he had prayed for 40 years. He prayed again. And from that day on, he has never again had to use his inhaler. 40 years. He never gave up. Maybe as you listen to this message, wherever you are, you're thinking, but pastor, you know, I, I prayed for that solidly for six months. I say, swing again. You say, look, I've done more than six months. I've been praying for this for 10 years. Swing again. You say, but pastor, I'm not 10 years. I've, I'm like this guy. I've done 40 years. I've prayed for this thing. Swing again. And judging by some of you, you've prayed 70 years. 80 years. I say swing again. Never stop swinging. Never stop swinging. Come on. Never stop swinging. Swing again. Because you never know, like Mark Batterson, the moment that your miracle is going to arrive. Why did it arrive after 40 years? Don't ask me. I'm not God. I have no understanding of that. What, 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 what's the deal with the timing of God? Why, why couldn't have God done it at a different? I don't know. I don't know why he had to pray that prayer 40 times. I don't know why there were 39 years and 364 days of that prayer not being answered. I can't tell you that. But I can tell you this. Swing again. Swing again. Dare to believe. You might say, well, I don't know of anyone who's been healed of my conditions. Swing again. Take the limits off God. The shackles of our minds, folks, is such a powerful thing. Swing again. One last point. When you serve God, you position yourself for a miracle. This is massive. Can I really encourage you to lean in on this? Proverbs eleven twenty five. A generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. When you water others, when you serve others, when you pour into others, God pours back into you. When you give to others, God promises that he's going to give back to you so much more. It's one of those principles in God that cannot be violated. And can I encourage you, the last thing you should do with your life is to stay at home and sit on your lazy boy or be 